You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. Film cameras. Instant cameras. And everything analog photography related. In this episode of Matt Loves Cameras, I'm trialling a new segment, Desert Island Cameras. And who better to start it off with than Theo Panagopoulos, one of the hosts of the Camerosity podcast. Listen along to hear which 10 photography-related items Theo takes to this mystery desert island. But did he break the rules? Keep listening and find out. I'm Matt Murray, and this is Matt Loves Cameras. Hello, my friends. How are you? I hope you are well, wherever you are all around the world. Welcome to another episode of Matt Loves Cameras. Apple Podcasts tell me that this is episode, this must be episode 81 of Matt Loves Cameras. That includes everything that's ever gone out on the feed. So there you go, episode 81. So uh, yeah, mate, will I get to episode 100 this year? Um, probably not. Probably be in 2025 at the current rate of publication, but hey, who knows? So in this episode, I have a great episode lined up with Theo Panagopoulos, one of the hosts of the Camerosity podcast. Theo is a great guy who lives in Sydney, had the pleasure of meeting him very briefly last year. Now I'm just going to explain the concept behind this show. Of course, it is a ripoff of the classic British radio show Desert Island Discs. And in Desert Island Cameras, it's very similar. You can bring 10 items to the island. And here are the rules. The first eight items can either be cameras or film. You can bring four cameras, four films, seven cameras, one film, one camera, seven films. It's up to you. But for every single camera you bring, you have to bring some kind of film for it. So, for example, you can't just slip in an SX-70 into the mix without bringing Polaroid SX-70 film. You must have owned or used all the cameras you mentioned. Uh, and then the ninth slot is for a photography-related book. And the tenth slot is for a luxury item not covered by anything above. So, yeah, I'm really keen to see or to hear what you think of this. So, so let me know, mattlovescameras at gmail.com. Let me know after you finish listening what you think. I've got one more episode of these taped. Uh, is that still a thing, taped? Uh, it's my 80s upbringing. Uh, bringing, coming into play there. One more of these recorded, taped, however you want to say it, with the wonderful Molly Kate, aka Eclectochrome. So yeah, it was actually really cool because uh, the differences between Theo's 10 items and Molly's 10 items was really interesting. And then I'm also, of course, in my, in my mind, comparing all the time to 10 things I'd take to a desert island. So it is really interesting to hear different people's opinions. So yeah, make sure you let me know what you think of these episodes, because if I don't hear anything... Uh, I'll probably just uh, abandon the segment completely. Uh, But if you love them, I'll keep doing them. Now, just one quick plug before we get into the episode. Make sure you check out my YouTube because I've just published a look around Champ Camera. Now, I know that many people follow Champ Camera on Instagram. They are a Japanese camera and film store. And they always post up the wonderful and weird types of films that they sell in their stores. And I was lucky enough to go there last November to their Tamaplan plaza store uh, on the outskirts of Yokohama and it was wonderful so in this video I show you all of the weird expired and rare films and I tell you which two films I bought Uh, so check that out it's called I don't know what it's called uh, champ camera the world's best film store something like that uh, on Matt Loves Cameras YouTube 
Welcome to the Matt Loves Cameras YouTube and podcast. I have a very special guest with me today, Theo Panagopoulos, and we're going to explore a, a new segment here on Matt Loves Cameras called Desert Island Cameras. First, I'll introduce Theo, though. Theo is a very talented photographer from Sydney. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see in the background there, he is the owner of very beautiful cameras you can see in the cases behind him. He's a podcaster with the smash hit film photography podcast, Camerosity. He has an excellent camera review blog, photothinking.com, and he's an all-round good guy. Theo, how are you tonight? I'm not too bad. I'm not sure about the all-around good guy, but uh, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> Excellent. So no no quarrel with all the rest of it, but <laughs> no, you're definitely a good guy. And uh, how are things down in Sydney tonight? I'm, you can probably see here on the, on the video here, I'm, I'm still sweating. Got the air con on, but it's still very warm up here in Brisbane. What's it like down there in Sydney? It's cooled down a little bit, actually. We're, we're, we're down to about the 30 mark during the day, so that's not too bad. Yeah. And uh uh, so it's been, you know, it's been an interesting um, few days. Uh, the dew point has been very high. So, yeah, same up here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 been the problem. So you walk outside, and mm. you know, your your camera lens is just fogged up in about thirty seconds. Yeah, that for sure. That's right. Uh, so yeah, the aircon has been running here at Matt Loves Cameras HQ. Uh, I think for about a month. So I'm, I'm kind of dreading the next electricity bill. But anyway, um, I, it's wonderful to talk to you tonight. And we are trialing on Matt Loves Cameras. We are trialing a, a brand new segment, and the new segment is called Desert Island Cameras. Now, of course, this is a ripoff of the very long-running BBC radio show Desert Island Discs. And the idea behind Desert Island Cameras is simple: you're going to a desert island you can bring 10 items to the island. Now, the first eight have to either be cameras or lenses or films. Okay, so you can bring uh, you can bring any combination of cameras and films. The only sort of rule there is there is if you're bringing, say, a Polaroid SX-70 camera, you have to bring Polaroid SX-70 film. If you're bringing a Mamiya 7, you have to bring 120 film. So there you go. You've got eight items there. Uh, for cameras, films, lenses, as long as you can use them all with camera and film going together in those slots at, at, at first eight items. And then the ninth item is a photography related book. And the 10th item is a luxury photography item not covered by any of the categories above. So hopefully that is clear as mud. Did you, how did you go with this, Theo? Was it a bit of a brain teaser or was it relatively easy to work out what to do? I, did all right. I may be bending the rules on the tenth item, but we'll okay. get to that. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, yes, we'll. I'll, I'll wait with bated breath for you to reveal <laughs> your items one by one. Okay. So you go into the desert island. What What is your first item? And it doesn't have to be in you know order of preference, but um, you know, what, what's your first item there? Okay. It's a deserted island. I'm assuming there's beaches and palm trees and coconuts yeah. and all that kind of thing. So. See, you need something to jump into the water with. So my first item is my Nikonos 4A, which is the automated one. It's mm -hmm. got a 35 millimeter lens on, which also shoots above ground and is um, very much like the 35 millimeter lens that's coveted, I believe, on the L35. Oh yes, AF. yeah, yeah. So where so, is this in the lineage of Nikonos cameras? So is this like in the middle run or something like that or a later Towards one? the end. The five was the last one. They okay. did make an SLR version, uh, so which is probably the final one. So in that case, it probably brings it back into the middle 
yeah um, to some extent but it was the fourth one um it's uh it obviously looks very different to the calypso versions which was the one two and three uh because if you know the history of the nikonos it was originally a jacques yes. camera yes. which um they called the calypso and then nikon decided to to purchase that and put their own branding on it now the beauty of the 4a because i normally just pick the two uh is it it is partly automated and yep. if i'm on a deserted island and i'm probably going to try and catch fish and i don't fish very well so <laughs> i think i want something that's going to not take my attention too much yes excellent and uh how many rolls have you put through that one this one i've only put one i haven't actually got back yet but only recently I've only oh, so put one. i haven't you purchased no, it's just, it took a while. It's been languishing in the cupboard. <laughs> it's been languishing for a while. Yeah. Oh, excellent. But um, but yeah, that's I'm not much of a water person. So yeah. that that's kind of why it's taken a while. So yeah. And will there be a review on photothinking.com about S excellent? Look forward to that as well. Yeah. Excellent. So by the rules of this competition, then I'm assuming that later on in your your first aid items, we're going to have a 35 millimeter film. Is that correct? We are, but first okay. of all, we'll probably should talk about the lens deck, which is the second item. Yes. Yeah, so now with, when you bring a camera, just a little rule, um, a sort of clarification here, you can, you can bring a, a camera with a lens. However, if you did say want to bring another lens for the same camera, that takes up an extra slot, if that makes any sense to people. So what is your second item, Theo? It is the 20 millimeter lens that goes on that camera. Ah, wow. So that is so pretty much super wide angle, right? It is, it is, and it means that while you're under the water, it, it, it is, it is fantastic. Now, this will not work above water. Really? Why no, is that? It, it's it's specifically designed for the dispersion of light that's coming in through the water. Yeah. So, uh, wow. Uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty amazing beasts. These cameras, because mm. if you look at, uh, have you ever actually used one before? No, Matt? I haven't. No, a few but, times it's been on my eBay list. I've been watching it, but. Uh, you know, I saw that all the stuff about having to clean the O rings and all that, all your yeah. seals, and I was like, oh man, I don't know. So I never got one. But tell me about it. Well, the interesting part is the the seals are actually it's it's got a really interesting mount that you put in, and it just sort of forces in. Yeah. And when you want to pull it out, you just break it, <laughs> but it, somehow it stays yeah. really, yeah, really uh, dry. So Excellent. as long as you keep the the um, O rings well preserved. Yep. I did you if your test roll, did you use that special lens you've got there as well? Yes. Excellent. Oh, so, I look forward to that, seeing those photos. Yeah. Brilliant. So that's great. So what is your your third item? Well, if I'm gonna have a 35 millimeter camera, I have to bring some 35 millimeter mm, Yes. And I thought, well, okay, I've I've picked a camera that makes it easier for me, so let's make it a bit harder. And I've picked my all-time favourite film that's still available, or sort of available, Provia 100F Fuji. Excellent. So nice slide film there. Yeah. How so, much slide film do you shoot in comparison to to other, you know, black and white or colour neg? Not as much as I used to. It's just the, the price is just becoming too prohibitive these yeah. days. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's it's almost up to about $50 a roll here. It now, is. It is, is, yeah. A little bit too much. Back in the 90s, I used to, when I bought my first, you know, serious cameras, they were just entry level Canon cameras, but, you know, I was, I was learning photography and I bought a, a stack of Kodak Ektachrome. Um, I know it was, elite, sorry, Kodak Elite Chrome, which was very much the entry level kind of slide film. 
But yeah, one thing I used to love was, you know, you, you, you would go buy your lit chrome and you'd get the developing and the, and the mounting all, you know, of the slide film and you couldn't wait to get the little tray back. Do you still, do you do your own E6 or do you send it out and do you still get them mounted or? I send it out. I don't get it mounted. I mount it myself. I've got one of the little mounted devices, oh, which sort of, you know, slices and, and yep. you pull it out and it pulls the two pieces together. Yep. And uh, it's pretty good. Um, getting the mounts themselves is actually getting a little bit harder and harder these yeah. days, but uh, but it's 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 interesting thing getting slide film done. Um, you mentioned Elitecon, by the way. I I used to use that a lot too, and now that it's expired, if you find it, it's fantastic to be cross processed. Oh really? Yes. I think I've got one roll in the fridge. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Stephen yeah. Dowling gave me that idea. Oh yeah, I yeah. it in the LCA and it's it's superb. Yeah, so I'll I'll have to give that a try if I ever come across it again. Well, I've but, actually uh, got a roll of. I've actually been using my. Oh, you can't see because it's blurred. But I've actually been using my LCA this week. I've been I've got a roll of uh, Walken's Speed Four Hundred in there, which is a, an Agfa film color film. Did you got some of that as well? Didn't you? I did. I haven't tried it yet. Is that that's the um, traffic the surveillance traffic surveillance yes. one? Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did a video on that. It did pretty well, actually, the video. Um, a lot of people, you know, I, I tried not to make it clickbaity, but I think a lot of people thought that it was a brand new film. So obviously that's going to get a lot of attention. <laughs> but I was very clear and upfront and say, is it a, you know, a vintage Agfa film? I, I really liked the results. So I've got another, my second role in, in the Lomo LCA uh, at the moment. But um, yeah, I'll have to dig out that role of Elite Chrome and, and give that a crack as well. So yeah. now you talk about not being able to find the mounts and stuff for slides. I actually found a stack of them in, I can't remember where it was now, but somewhere in Japan in one, I think it was either Bic, Bic Camera, maybe it was Sapporo, but they had a whole stack of uh, the kits for mounting slides. They had no slide film at the time, but they had all the <laughs> all the little kits to, to, to mount your own slides. Yeah, look, I mean, it, it's, it's not impossible. It's just harder to find here in Australia without paying prohibitively yeah. high delivery charges. Um, the the thing is, I like the, the it's called CS2 mount type. Oh, yeah. Which is the one that comes in a V shape. It's basically the two parts are collect, connected. Yep. And um, I keep forgetting I'm on video these days. <laughs> um, and you you put you pull it through the machine. It it's inserts it, you slice. And then when you pull the slide out, it, it literally pushes the two pieces together. Oh, nice. So, That's pretty cool. Excellent. Brilliant. So we're up to, that is uh, three items. Okay. Uh, what is your your fourth item you're bringing along? Okay. Well, I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'll, I'll catch lots of fish and, you know, I'll be on my hammock and I'll be going, oh, I feel like doing some, you know, some photography and and I want to do some really good photography. And, and this will co not come to being a surprise to anybody that actually listens to me on the, on Camerosity, but... Uh, the Mamiya 7. Yes. Yeah, I, I knew that would get a, a Guernsey. <laughs> As I got the, the, um, the lens cap. But yep. um, that's um, that's a camera I would not go anywhere without. So it just had to come. Yeah. Uh, this this has got the 80 millimeter lens on it, which is yep. sort of a kit lens for it, but as much as you could call that a kit lens. So what's and, that, like a 45 or 50 kind of equivalent full yeah, frame? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So it's the, the nifty middle of the range type <laughs> yeah. uh, focal length. Uh, and uh, this, I mean, it sh it's six by seven, 
I do tend to crop six by seven, but you can. It does actually have the eight by ten type ratio mm. uh, on on what it actually exposes, and the lenses on this are so good that yeah, you really can't tell if it's digital half the time. Yeah, yeah, it, it is that good, uh, and it just means I can do anything with it. And I can shoot it down to a thirtieth of a second, being a rangefinder, yeah, and and just get perfectly sharp photos. I did that last year. I went to um, it's a good time of year actually. It's the Mardi Gras in, yes. in Sydney at the moment, yeah. And uh, I uh, I went into one of the street parties on Crown Street in Surrey Hills, yeah, and you know started photographing people and started drawing attention. Actually, a couple couple yeah. people sort of said to me, oh. Yeah, my partner says that's a really special camera. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. Um, and people were lining up for portraits, and it's just, it's just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been on my list for a long time that camera. And I think, I think so. You know, I've I've watched a lot of cameras over the years, but I think you know, like I've watched X Pans and I've watched Mamiya Sevens, and I but I think that is the out of all those kind of you know uh, white whale cameras for me, I think Mamiya Sevens probably the one that I would I would want the most out of all of them. You know, it just yeah. seems to be very versatile and a great sort of travel camera. And if you were tossing up between that and the X Pan, um, stay tuned. Yep, I, I know it's coming next because I, is it something to do with the panoramic kit? Possibly. <laughs> okay, excellent. So, uh, so that's we're up to number four there. So we've got uh, so far we have the Nikonos, we have the extra lens, the Nikonos, we have uh, Provia 100f film, a slide film. We have the uh, Mamiya 7 with the 80 mil lens. Uh, so that's that's four items, I believe. Is that right? Yes. Excellent. So, what's your fifth? My fifth one is the. This is going to be a little bit boring, but it's the 65 millimeter oh, nice. that comes yep. with the Mamiya 7 because I yep. do like the combination of a 50-ish lens and yep. a 35-ish lens. Yeah. And and that's where this comes in. And again, that's, you know, if the 80 is sharp, this is even possibly a little bit sharper. Nice. And, and it actually has no distortion at yep. all. Yeah, I mean, practically no distortion at all. And I just love this. It's It's... Yeah, you know, it's just fantastic. Um, so that would that would come as well. Yep. Nice and light. Excellent. I was about to ask you a question of what, what film you usually shoot with uh, the Mamiya 7, but under the rules of uh, Desert Island cameras, you're going to have to bring a 120 film. So I'll, I'll keep that question to myself because I, it's probably going to reveal itself shortly. Am I right? It is. It is. But we can probably jump onto that before the next item if you like. Sure. So it, what do you usually shoot with Mamiya 7? What I do, what I usually shoot, um, and compared to what I would want to bring, is because I'm, I'm assuming cost is no factor in this. this item. I'm about to be stranded on an island. Yes, you're uh, you're stranded on an island. You can bring any cameras, films you want. Uh, <laughs> what one important rule actually is uh, probably you knew this rule, but the, the the viewers and listeners wouldn't. You have to own the cameras or have owned them in the past. Yep. So, for example, if I was doing this exercise. I couldn't choose an X-Pan because I've never owned one. Actually, I have used an X-Pan once. But anyway, but that's that's the general rule. So you have yep. to own all this stuff yourself. So, yeah, continue. Sorry. Yep. So it would be Provia 100F in 124. Ah, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so is that an actual choice here for Desert Island? That's or? my actual choice. Yep. What I do use generally is um, Porsche 400, yep. um, 160. Um, I like to use Gold 200 occasionally as well. Yep. Um, 
when I get my hands on it and I've got a nice big stock of it, the Pro 400 from Fuji as well is, is yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And I'm dwindled down to my last roll of Riala, which was my favorite oh, yeah. film. Yeah. There. So so that that was great. But again, slide film. I love using slide film. Yep. Provior 100F is, is one of my mainstays. I would bring that along. Excellent. Brilliant. Um, now, just one question uh, with the 120 film there. So with Pro uh, H400, um, Pro 400H, do you overexpose that? If, if so, by how many stops? Uh, not really, actually. I, 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 I might, yeah, I might shoot it at 320 just to yeah, a yeah. little bit to overexpose it, but not much. Um, yeah. it, it In a good camera with a good meter, it, it yeah. really was designed to be shot at that speed. Yeah. Excellent. Brilliant. I've got a few rolls of that in the fridge as well. Um, so, and my last question is about 120 film. What about, uh, you know, like a, a faster film, say like, uh, do they do like, I think they do Lomo 800 in 120? Uh, I'm not sure. They do Portrait 800. The Portrait 800, yeah. What about yep. Portrait 100? Have you yeah, shot? no, I've, I've shot that in the past. Yeah. It, it, is, it is really, really nice. Uh, the thing with 120 is you, you, you start to lose that grain effect too. So you get the fast film and yeah. it's so smooth. I mean, even HP5 um, pushed to uh, 1600. Yeah. It, it just comes out silky smooth. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, nice. It's making me want to, I've got a Pentax 645 up there, which I, I shot quite a bit of portrait 800 on. You're making me want to get that out again because I haven't used it in so long. You should. You uh, should. I should. I definitely should. <laughs> I definitely should. Um, so I think we're up to item number six. Is that correct? Yep. And Excellent. so that would be, um, and as predicted, it's actually the 43-millimeter lens for, for the Mia 7. Yep. But I would bring the 35-millimeter pano kit all in one package. So okay. I'm bending the rules a little bit here again already. So how, how many so, items have we got there in that, in that slot? We've got... One. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One, but they're not quite all together. <laughs> well, it is. Look, I mean, generally people use the yeah. the um the pano kit with the 43 millimeter lens because yeah. if you look at it from a uh X-Pan point of view, I'm trying to get the lens cap off here, uh it's um it's very much a you know the same the same sort of Focal length yep. as the forty-five that's on the X-Pan. The yep. the the trick with the Mamiya Seven is you you really need the viewfinder. Standard viewfinder. So, yeah. so you can. That's why I'm saying that's one package there. Yeah. And then you generally use it with the Pano kit, so you get the same dimensions as what you would on the next pan. Mm. The, the the one benefit of doing it on the Mamiya is because it's a six by seven camera. You do not need the center-rounded uh, filter. Filter, yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's designed to, to fill the whole frame. Yeah. And if you decide to not use the uh, the masking, you can shoot through on the actual sprocket holes. Excellent. And, it, and, and fantastic results. So you've done that? Yes, yes, very much. So have a look at photothinking.com. Yeah. Um, I've got a few examples on the Mamiya 7 article. 
Hey, have you signed up for my dad's photography newsletter? Check it out at mattlovescameras.substack.com. It features camera reviews, film reviews, and lots of travel photography. You can read it for free, but if you upgrade, you can instantly access six film photography zines in PDF format. How wonderful. Check it out now at mattlovescameras.substack.com. Now you're saying that the Pano kit is mostly used with the 43 mil lens. I think you said. Yeah. Is, have you ever used it with any other lenses to see just see what? I've happens? used it with the 65. Yeah. And it's still um, because initially I didn't have the 43. It's right. a very expensive lens. So uh, yeah. So and I shouldn't really wave it around like that. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't drop it. Yeah. It's um. You know, uh people think the contacts T2 is expensive. Start mm. giving them a Mia 7 kit and then you yeah. start to stay expensive. That's right. So um so it's uh yeah, so I used it with the 65 for a while and it does work. It's it works fantastically. The 65 yeah. is superb because it's got it's so well corrected, you don't have any sort of bends and so on. Yeah. But it is yeah, you do need to leave a bit more space sure, to, to, sure. to get in the frame. Yeah. Lovely. So what are, what are we up to? Are to number seven or number eight now? I've lost track. Yeah, I think seven. Seven. Yep. Um, I'm not bringing this along, but I wanted to show you this one, this, yeah. this little item. It's a nice little item, um, but I just thought this might be interesting uh, for people. Is Have you ever seen a filter kit for a rangefinder like a Mamiya 7? No. Now, this is a circular polarizer. Now, if you think about a circular polarizer, I'll sh show it in a minute. Is you set, you turn it around to get the the polarization that you need. Yeah. With a rangefinder, how do you do that? You're not actually looking through it. It's true. That's true. Yeah. Unless you get one of these, which has this little feature, which uh, I will try and do without dropping it, which brings it up for you. Wow. You, you so think about this. This is attached to the lens that uh, at the bottom here. No you way. Bring, you bring it up to the top, yeah, yeah. so you suddenly you're looking through this filter yeah. so you can see what kind of polarization you want. No way. <laughs> Turn it around and then slice oh, it. Oh, that's awesome. Down. That's very cool. Mm. Yeah. How much do they go for on eBay these days? It looks like a pretty specialist bit of kit. That's that's like a three or $400 filter. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. So yeah. it's not cheap. Yeah. It's... But uh, I, uh, I I really wanted one, so I got one. And, uh, well, I think I've used it twice. So no, that's <laughs> all right. It's, I like having all the bits and bobs of the kits myself. So like I've I've got the um the contacts T three uh filters and I've never used them, but for some reason I just want, I just wanted them. You, you know? just want like, them. It's, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's gas, isn't it? And with your putting together your Mamiya Seven kit, was it you started off with a body and a lens and added to it, or did you buy yes, a whole mini I kit? Did. Okay, I did. Yeah. I got lucky. I found the Mamiya 7, uh, which my wife then bought for my birthday slash Christmas wow. present. Good wife. Yeah. Uh, it was new, old new stock. Wow. So um, I think someone online said to me, yeah, I must have got the last one ever that was technically wow. new. Yeah. Uh, and and this was the, the 7, not the 7.2. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, which uh, – I don't know what went wrong with the styling of Mamiya though. They're beautiful cameras, but the the seven, the color is that that platinum type color, goldy yeah. platinum color. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the uh which um some of them look a bit tatty these days. The two, they went black with the big Mamiya down the side, and it's like, oh God, really, guys? Yeah, yeah. have something simple and elegant. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 
And um, what what is the main difference between uh, the the regular version and the, the two the second mark version? The second one has uh, the the neck strap um, lugs on both sides. Yeah, uh, and on the one side because if you have a look at the one I've got here. Ah, yes. on, on the side there. Yep. So with uh, with the uh, two, it's got one on the other side as well. So you can actually nice. wear it normally. Yeah. Personally, I, I, I throw it over the shoulder. I got used to it. I didn't like it to start with, but I, I got used to it. Is that the only difference though? Or? Uh, no, no. The um, the viewfinder has, I think it's got some sort of polarization at it okay. or something like that. Uh um, so it's slightly different. It's a good, slightly, slightly better view. I personally couldn't see how it could get any better, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and uh, I think that's about it. Nice. Excellent. So we're, we're left with number eight. This is your last camera slash lens slash film choice. What have you got for us? So I'm still on the island and I still want to take snapshots without thinking about them and, and shoot around and, and, and still, sometimes I might want to go for a dive, you know, a bit yeah. of a swim while I'm while I'm doing that as well. So, uh, and I need a compact. So, how could you? Not oh, excellent! Take one? Nice. I know Very you nice. like it. I know you I do. like that one. I do like that one. Yeah, I think. Um, who was it, old mate? Who's that? Who's uh, Granny Days? Granny Days just did a review of the 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 red one, which is not as waterproof as the one we've got. Um, so I imagine the prices of these are going to shoot up. Um, I couldn't, I tried to sell one for 150 bucks about a year ago. couldn't get rid of it. Uh, I imagine now that would go fly off the shelf. I um, imagine so. Uh, and for, uh, I'm not sure if people are actually listening or watching, but it's the Shaw, Shaw, Canon Shaw Shot A1, which is the waterproof compact. Yes, also known as the uh, Shaw Shot Prima, no, the Prima, Prima AS1 in Europe. And the Auto Boy something. Yeah, Auto Boy something in, in Japan. It's weird yeah. though because they gave it the name the Sure Shot A1 in North America, but there was already a, another A1 Canon A1. Yeah, wasn't there, there was. So was yeah. It's weird. I don't know how they they do their naming conventions, Canon, but um, but yeah, it's a great camera. And the the ones you know, Legend sort of has it that the, the version that you and I have has down the side where the grip is. It's it's like a grey color. Um, and the, on the dial there, there is a picture for macro mode of a fish. Yours has got a fish. Yes, yes, yes yeah. it does. So, so that's the same as mine. And the later version, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah. Lovely. And the later version had the grip was red on the front and it didn't have a fish on the front. It had a flower on the front, which was basically a tacit kind of admission of this is not as waterproof as we thought it was. Mm. Um, so apparently there was some, you know, production issues with the camera and that's why they changed it to a flower. So yeah, it's interesting. So if you can pick up one of those uh, people, pick up, try and pick up the one with the gray on the front, but Hey, like, I mean, I've mostly, I've taken 98% of my shots with that camera above land. Yeah. So it, it's a really cool camera. I, I took it one year when we went to Port Macquarie for a, oh, yeah. a, a holiday, and uh, and it was we took our dog for a holiday there too because they've got beaches for dogs as well. Oh, nice. And, uh, there, so we, we took there, and uh, it was his first introduction to the sea. So, yeah. uh, um, but I had the camera with me, and we were just like, yeah, it was fantastic. We just yeah. jumped in the water, and uh, I didn't have to worry about it. It just sort of hung yeah. off my wrist, and you know, took pictures. Half the pictures came back with you know, a big water bubble <laughs> right on the where the face is supposed to be, or something yeah. like that. Because yeah, you have to remember to shake it a bit first. Yeah. 
My um, I actually I shot my last role that kind of neck of the woods as well. I did a work trip down to Newcastle. First time I've ever been to Newcastle in Australia, and uh, yeah, it was a work trip. But I got up early every morning at five thirty or whatever it was, and went out for a walk uh, along the beaches there. And I I, I took uh, my that Canon Prima AS one with me. I think I was shooting Lomo eight hundred from memory. Um, but I think that's the last time I've used that one. That was about three, that was just before COVID hit, so that must have been ooh yeah. But geez, that was almost four years ago. I've been I'm neglecting some of these cameras. Uh, but it is a really, really fun camera. Um, so, yeah, I think I'll, I'll do a video uh, for my YouTube for that one coming up. Then again, granny days old, mate, they've already done it. So it's probably probably going to steal the YouTube views for that one. Um, so th there are your eight, your eight cameras, lenses, and films. So that then moves us on to the ninth yeah. slot. So I've kept and a nice little package there, a bit of landscape, uh, a bit, of, a bit yes. of water, a bit of salt. Some thought on how how to package it without overburdening myself. And well, you know, you, you've got some nice. You know, you didn't go for say nine camera. Uh, sorry, seven cameras and one film. You sort of you got packages of things that go together there with the Nikonos and the Mamiya Seven. So, and you've also got a bit of a theme running throughout there because you've got your waterproof. You know, your water cameras as well. So I quite like that. Um, but we're now moving on to slot number nine, and that is for the photography related book. Yes, and for that, I picked. One of my most favourite photographers, mm -hmm. um, and it's Walker Evans' Amer uh, American oh, I've seen uh, this, photographs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love documentary photography. Um, that that is kind of the genre I've sort of fallen into. I mean, I used to do a little bit of news stuff, um, you know, amongst you know, sports and wildlife and so on. Yeah, but uh, this 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 is probably the epitome of documentary photography because he basically just traveled you know across the you know the US mm. and he was paid to do it and and just took pictures yeah you know, of everyday things so that's pretty you know, a bit of a landscape you want but you can see it's just like yeah you know, normal everyday pictures yep and they're just absolute classics and and they they just give you a story mm. so they might not be the you know the 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 best in terms of composition or anything like that, but there's a series that run through them. There's a story, and and the composition's not you know I don't want to make it sound like it's bad. It's actually very yeah. very good. Yeah. Um. But he he um. If you think about what he sort of went and saw, it was a time in America where things were changing. Mm -hmm. Uh. Yeah. I I don't think we've got an equivalent in Australia mm -hmm. of, of Walker Evans. I wish we did. Because yep. it's all very fragmented when you start looking at the historical photographs around around Australia. Otherwise, I'd be right into getting that as well. Yeah, it's interesting when you look at say work like that. Or, um, um, gosh, what's her name? Uh, what's the photographer whose negatives were all found? Oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot. Vivian Meyer. Vivian Meyer. How could I? I, I think I need some more. Co even though it's late at night, I think I need some more coffee. <laughs> so Vivian Meyer. And, you know, also Herzog, um, the Canadian photographer who used Leica cameras, but he also used mm. that Canon um, Shawshot A1, the, the, mm. the camera, uh, you know, to try and put people off the scent that he was taking, you know, serious photos. But when you when you look back at their work, say from those times, the 60s, 70s, or, or, or before that, do you think there is a a certain nostalgia does play a part. Whereas, you know, if we, we went and took the similar photos today, we'd, because we, we see those kind of scenes every day, we're kind of used to them and they're not that interesting. Do you think there is um, a bit of, 
there's a bit of a nostalgia there when you look back at photos that are 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. And it's almost, you are looking at a window in the past, aren't you? These people have captured something that doesn't exist anymore. So it, although the, you know, the, the photos are well exposed and there's great composition, there's an added kind of layer to that, that it's kind of, you're looking at something that doesn't exist anymore and it's quite wondrous. How do you... I, I think there is, but it's also the fact that these people were quite unique in that they, they actually saw, I mean, I, I was just looking at this one composition mm. here. I mean, I, I, personally probably would never think of taking a picture of like that yeah except now that i would because i've, I've seen his work yeah. but the the interesting part with it is that there's so many people emulating that now so we get desensitized to it yeah and and we don't actually yeah it's not as unique back then there was no one for them to sort of look at mm. and go oh I'll look at instagram to get inspiration i'll do the same thing That's right popular yeah. They actually worked out those compositions themselves. And because there wasn't like hundreds of thousands of people taking the same picture, they've become a historical record. Yeah. So the fact that they've actually taken those pictures so uniquely and they've become a historical record just means that they knew what they were doing, that mm. they, they, they were masters at what they at, at their craft, basically. Yeah. Uh, that's another interesting thing is that they would have, you know, traveled across America or, you know, other photographers in other parts of the world. And, you know, they may not have seen these photos for months or years. And in, in, certainly in the case of Vivian Meyer, not, not ever. So yeah. it's, it's interesting that the dedication of these people and, uh, and yeah, just the, that the, the fact that a lot of people would not have seen these photos for, for quite a while. Um, so to me, that, that would be the ultimate. I mean, I get yeah, all the work that goes behind trying to, bringing out the photos yeah yeah that's not the fun bit taking the photos is to me the fun bit yeah yes. so um i would love to just sort of take all the photos and someone to discover them yeah i know i know <laughs> well yeah, i already outsource you know all of my development and scanning so if something <laughs> someone could take along all that i was actually looking um uh, earlier this evening i was looking through my lightroom catalog i think there's like two hundred thousand photos in there and I was, I was thinking about my trip to japan this uh, well, 2023, and I was like, oh, I still need to basically put aside a day or two of my life to go through and mark out which ones I like. And I took video footage, and it's quite, yeah, I need a full time assistant doing that. Uh, unfortunately, I can't afford one. But, yeah. uh, but I mean, that's the thing. So, but yeah, sometimes you get lucky. I, I had some photos I took uh, probably in the early 2000s when yep. the first um, Middle East war started to, ah. to pop out. Yeah. And there was the they they had the the marches here in Sydney and they were yeah and I was doing a little bit of news work back then too but they 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 were protesting against you know, getting involved in the war and yeah and I photographed that on film so this was like two thousand and four two thousand and five two thousand and two around that, that period yeah now digital has started coming in and I got contacted by the uh, war memorial in Canberra who said to me. Uh, we kind of don't have much of that period of what was happening in Sydney because people were converting to digital and they yeah. were lost. Wow. Um, yeah. Would you be interested in letting us have access to your slot, to your film? And I said, look, I'll, I'll donate it as long as anything that's used is captioned with my name. Yeah. I'll donate it. It's historical. So now this film is uh, being professionally scanned. Wow. Uh, it's stored in a bunker at six degrees with no humidity for the next 200 years. Wow. And, and that's how they explained it to me, by the way. So it's yeah. there for 200 years. And they recently uh, contacted me and they 
they're starting a uh, they're getting an exhibition together of the period. Yeah. And they said, oh, we'd like to use your picture. And this isn't confirmed yet, so they might still move away from that. But your picture on the entrance wall. Wow. And uh, with amazing. possibly a you know something behind the protesters. So it's a composition. Do you mind if we do that? And I'm like, you put my picture on the wall. So, yeah, you can do anything you like with it. Just yeah. For- Excellent. So you, there might be a trip down to Canberra, I'm guessing, to see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. For sure. That's, that's, that's amazing. It's really something to be uh, very proud of. And, and so you had to send them. How many, like, sheets of negatives did you have to send them for that? It, it ended up being about, I think, or six or eight sheets of oh, negatives. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, and I just signed them away, the, the copyright to them. I've got yeah. my scans of them too. So yeah. um, I, I've kept that. And uh and they uh and yeah and they're, they've stored a lot better than i ever could store them anyway yeah. you weren't tempted to send your whole collection down and get them to scan them all and go oh sorry uh you weren't supposed to, <laughs> we're supposed to scan all those for me my mistake That's probably would have no, that, w- that would have been nice but you know, <laughs> a whole you know whole five drawer um, filing cabinet yeah film wouldn't have yeah. cut it <laughs> no. Excellent. So that is the ninth slot. And, and we're now up to the, the uh, I think we've got a preview of this already, I think, but the 10th slot is the luxury photography item not covered by anything so far. Okay. So I I kind of broke the rules a bit because you, you kind of said not film, but this is a film. But I'd like a large box of Kodak Aerochrome to take with me. Okay. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and as far as I'm concerned, that is a Luxury that, item. That is a luxury <laughs> item. That is definitely a luxury item. And so have you shot much before? No, no. But because it was the 10th slot, I I understood that that wasn't part of the rule. It wasn't one. Well, well, we, we can bend the rule. The rules aren't. It's, it's more in the, in the spirit of having fun and, and discussion. So, yeah, we, we, we can bend the rules a little bit. That's fine. So have you yeah. ever shot any aerochrome at all? Um, no. I've shot um some of the Lomo stuff which sort of emulates yeah, it a yeah. little bit but yeah. no I would love to get my hands and shoot it it's 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 a it's a luxury item that I really, yeah yeah it's it's a film that I would really like to but every time I look I see it online it's like three hundred dollars for a roll yeah, one yeah. roll and I, I just can't do that. I've got a couple in the the fridge. I've I shot I got a couple in the fridge and I got them from Dean Benici. I think his name is gentleman who's in Europe. Um, actually one of them is uh, a one, two, seven roll. Um, one of them is uh, actually got three. I got, I got one of each of the formats, 35 mil, one twenty, one two, seven. The reason I got the one, two, seven is because he basically, that's all he had left. I said, I've got some of this. You could put in a one, two, seven camera. I'll spool it for one, two, seven. I said, great. I'll have that as well. So i got three rolls from him. And then I, on eBay, I got a couple of rolls of, um, I'll probably get the name wrong here, but the Kodak HIE, is it infrared? Oh, it's yes, kind of like yes, infrared yes. film, but it's, I think it says HIE on it or something like that. And, you know, unknown storage conditions. I, I gave it a crack and the, the lab scanned it, uh, Devton scanned it for me. It's very, very heavily fogged, like so heavily fogged. You can kind of look at, see it and tell their aerochrome kind of colors with, with what I've shot the subjects, like the beach or the trees, but it, it looks pretty bad. It, the whole thing's like, I don't know, purpley gray smudge mm. of stuff. Um, so I've, yeah, I, I, I've been meaning to shoot one of my, my fr- refrigerator rolls from Dean. Um, so maybe I should do that before the summer's out. So yeah, I do, I do have some 3200 infrared film in the fridge. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't Is that black and white? Or? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking 
I'm looking at trying that one day, but I'm not expecting much from it. I, yeah. I, the person selling it didn't know what they were selling, so I don't know how it's been stored yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but I also, I do have shot some infrared, and one of my favourite pictures that's hanging in my house is actually um, on infrared film. Uh, awesome. Oh, yeah, I went to the um, Centennial uh, Parklands here and took a picture of a lake with all the leaves sort of across the whole lake. Um, yeah. And, you know, I suppose it's a pond actually rather than a lake. But, uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's come out fantastically because mm. you've got that infrared effect, not just for the trees of the little island in the middle of the pond and the black yeah. water. You've got all these leaves right across the whole thing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I've, I've got, a, I think I've got a couple of rolls of black and white as well, but it was, was from the same lot um, as the one that didn't turn out. So I've kind, I kind of got discouraged there, but I think I just need to bite the bullet and shoot a couple more rolls. And if there's nothing, you know, if the film wasn't viable, so be it, but I, I shouldn't, shouldn't just leave it in the fridge. Uh, so excellent. Now, would you just like to give uh, uh, the, the listeners oh, and viewers. Matt, before we yeah. go on with that, I yeah. snuck something on. Oh, yes. Yes. Please tell me. <laughs> well, I kind of figured. I could either take a phone, which would probably help me get off the island, <laughs> yep. or, or something I can show pictures of what happened on the island very quickly to someone without having to sure. develop something. So I did pick up a digicam ah. to take with me. <laughs> your, picked... your bonus, bonus. <laughs> this is the Ooh. the LX3. Yep. Um, the Panasonic Lumix. Yep. Uh, the reason why I picked this one is have a look at the the screen format. Oh, that it's, is is that XPan? No, it's not XPan, but it it's a it's a sixteen by sixteen nine. Sixteen nine, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, type format, and that's so it's native. native. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm thinking. Remember you talking about this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. So, so what? That, that's a CCD sensor, is it? Or it is. It yep. is. I think it's a seven or eight uh, megapixel. Yeah. Uh, but these days, with the um, the the denoise thing in Lightroom, yeah, um, and it shoots raw. Yeah, it it uh yeah the, the the quality is fantastic. Even without that, it's fantastic. So tell so, me again, Theo, what what that what's that one called? I'm gonna make a note of it here in my little show notes here. Lumix, um, Lumix LX3. LX3. Okay, I want to look that one up. Okay, and see, and see if I can watch a few. Yeah, I've been I have been on the lookout for some other cool digicams. So um, and I know I remember you talking about this one in uh, in the group chat we're in uh, a little while ago. Um, so yeah, it sounds like a. Do you use that one very often or? I do when I can. I, I must admit, I've been using the Canon S ninety five more so recently. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got an upcoming review on that one, so I, I've nice. been using that one. But yeah, uh, but that, uh, but this, this is probably one of my favourites. I've got the equivalent Leica version of it. Yeah, but the CCD has gone bad on it, unfortunately. Uh, but for some reason, Leica was able to bring up some different colours on it. It's just amazing mm. how they do that. So yeah, it's all in software. How, how does the digicam sort of fit into uh, you know you, you, the film and the digital and what what percentage of each do you reckon roughly you, you shoot? I'm probably 80, 20, 80 yep. film, twenty digital. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I do enjoy it. Uh, I've yeah I I get invite uh, a friend of mine invited me to the whitewater rafting uh, event that's happening I think next weekend oh yeah um, I did that last year as well and you get to see some of the Olympians you know involved in that as well and nice. that, I'll just do that on digital I did take a film camera last year but I won't this year I'll just get the the, yeah. the Nikon DSLR out and, and big lens and, and and do that because it's, it's just yeah it you use the right tool for the right purpose yeah now sure. for me the digicam 
are fantastic to take around all the time um, where you don't want to think about, okay, should I take this shot or not? Just take the bloody shot yeah. and just keep <laughs> shooting. Um, I tend to shoot that way anyway. So Yeah. You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. That's the one you're going to use. <laughs> so that's great, Theo. Can you just recap your 10 items, your 10 desert island camera list for us? One to 10. Okay. So it was uh, the Nikonos 4A with the 35 millimeter lens, the Nikonos 20 millimeter uh, underwater lens to, to go onto that. Uh, Fuji Provia 100f 35mm format. Uh, I also then I then picked the Mamiya 7 with the 80mm lens. The then the Mamiya 7 65mm lens, and then the Mamiya 7 43mm lens with the viewfinder and the 35mm pano kit. Yep. Paired that all up with Provia 100F again in 120 format, so I can keep that consistency going. And then uh, my eighth item was the Canon Shot A1, uh, which uh, which is a nice little you know, point and shoot to take around in a, above in and out of water. Yep. My book was the Walker Evans American Photographs, and my luxury item was the Kodak Aerochrome, a large box of it. Very large box. Large of box it. of. Yeah, excellent. Very, <laughs> large, very expensive box. Refrigerated. Of. <laughs> would you swap your Mamiya Seven for a box of Aerochrome? No, <laughs> I would not. There are, there, are certain, there are certain lines in the sand on Desert Island that you wouldn't cross. That's fair enough. Now let's talk about uh, Camerosity. So Camerosity. So how long has been Camerosity been going for now? Two years or so? Is we're in our third season, halfway excellent. through our third season. So yep. it's been. Uh, quite a, quite a while now, two and a half to three years, I think it's yeah. So it's sort of uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I I get the feeling it kind of evolved out of classic lenses. Is that correct? Uh, yes of? and no. It was it was an experiment that Mike Ekman and Johnny Sisson thought they would try out. Yeah. Um, see if you know people would be interested in calling in and just you know talking about yeah camera stuff, and uh, so they they basically set up without wanting to set up the whole infrastructure around it, they set up an episode of the classic lenses to sort of be that. Yep. And it was called Cocaine and Waffles that first yes. episode. Yeah. Uh, and they, I, I got a call from Mike at one point saying, you know, would you like to be on? And, you know, I had like a half an hour notice or something. <laughs> wow. and I thought, you're all right, give that a go. Yeah. Join, join there. And uh, it, it was, accepted really well so uh mike set up a second one uh which was the uh another cocaine and waffles of yep. the same feed and again uh very little notice and uh, we had people dropping in and dropping out uh, I, I don't i think i came in like an hour late on that one or mm. something uh and uh it's all very long ago yeah but uh, again, it was quite successful. So Mike sort of reached out to myself and Anthony Rue yep. to to make it a bit more permanent. So we we start, started off uh, initially was um, Anthony. I sort of came in to that episode by accident, and then it became a mainstay. Uh, and then uh, Paul Rybelt uh, was on one of the episodes. I think it was like number four or five. Yeah. And then we decided that he'd be a great person to have on. Yeah, there. yeah. And it became the four of us. 
and yep. and from that point on, we we kind of had set format that we we started to work with. And how many shows are you up to now? You're up to sixty odd, is that right? Yeah, about sixty five, I think. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Sixty five, yeah. Yeah. So I actually joined, I think I joined two shows in a row. It was the point and shoot one and the Olympus one. Yeah. Uh, but then I think you recently had a, a roller flex show. Is that right? We did. We did. Yeah. It was an unusual hour because of, uh, um, yeah, in the background, I've started a new job. We've had snowstorms in the U S yeah. heat waves over here, public yeah. holidays here. So it was all funny. So we kind of changed it around a little bit. Yeah. So although I do own a Rolleiflex, I've got a Rolleiflex T with a Tessar lens. Um, I I know very little about them, so I decided I'd sit that one out. But um, yeah, no, it was I, the two times I've joined. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. It is. It's one of those things where there's where there's quite a few people on the line. You sometimes got to say something, and then you. Uh, it, it, it is tricky to try and uh, to to get a word in, but um, people are very generous. Um, uh, you know, uh, asking questions and giving you the time to to say a little bit. So it was it was very enjoyable. We do a bit of trickery with the editing as well. Oh yeah, uh, I mean we 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 admit it. We, there's, there's a fair bit of editing that goes into it. Yep. Uh, you know, Mike and I and, and Anthony rotate across ourselves mm. in terms of how we, how we edit it, but we we actually record everybody on a different track. So when people nice. do talk over each other, we yep. we want to give everybody room to talk. So we do split it out a little bit so people can be heard properly. And yeah, and is there any plans to to get to a certain number of episodes? You know, like you know our our friend uh, Mike Gutterman has his you know hundred show and his two hundred show and his three hundred show. Um, you know, uh, Matt loves cameras is limping along to around the eighty episodes. I think and petering out. But is is there any kind of uh, you know we're going to do this number of runs or no? It's it's taking comes it's, it's until we feel like it's not fun yeah we, we don't want to sit there trying to make it a job yeah. so as soon as we decide okay i'm not really interested anymore and the, the four of us sort of like starting to feel the same yeah we'll, we'll we'll can the thing that's fair enough now another question is obviously you know a lot of uh, these activities we all have in common you know the, the buying cameras collecting cameras shooting film um how do you how do you work in you know the creativity the, the content creation you know behind that obviously I'm, i do youtube and i do the, the occasional podcast and stuff like that um you're you know you've got your blog and you're doing podcasts how how integral is that to your enjoyment of of this kind of passion uh, it is it is um it's 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 very important i mean i couldn't talk about camera collecting on camerosity unless i was collecting um, but the collecting came first. So that was, yeah. uh, so anyone that's watching this video can see behind me that I've got a camera or two that's, that's in my collection. <laughs> and, and, um, but with, um, with the blog, uh, that was a mechanism for me to get some of my work out there because, you know, people were really interested in the cameras when I started. Uh, I, I, I looked back on the other day and I didn't realize I'd started it in 2016 or 17, yeah. that period. And, and uh, I've only just got to my 100th post. Wow. So I, I don't write as often. I, I want to write quality content. I've got no wish to try and just get lots and lots of content out there. Yeah. So what that means is I get to use a new camera, apart from like the Mamiya 7 on my Leica, which I like to use more often, yep. I get to use this camera for an extended period of time. I'm, I'm writing an article on the Nikon FP at the moment. Now I use that for eighteen months almost straight in into as my SLR. Yeah. So I get to really know the camera, get to produce a piece of pieces of work that I'm proud of. Yep. And whether I share those or not is is a, is a different matter. But it is, it's it's 
something I can then write about passionately and actually explain yeah. why I like using it or don't like using it and and then show what it can actually produce. So it's not a, you know, I use the camera on one roll of film and yeah, yeah. I've got one photo that's nice and yeah. Oh, it's a great camera, but that's all I'm ever going to use it for. No, yeah. It, it's got it's gonna be more than that. Yeah, I find that when I if I do a film review, I feel like I need to shoot at least at least two rolls of film. Like if I, you know, unless it's some kind of special film and I've only got one roll, I feel like I've got to shoot at least two rolls of it. Uh, and sometimes I'll shoot two rolls and go, uh, I want to shoot another roll and see how it does if I overexpose it or I shoot it in different mm. conditions or a different different camera. And similarly, like, you know, I've got cameras I've been meaning to do reviews on, like the Minolta TC1 or, or the um, the Fujifilm Class S. I've never actually done reviews of them. I've had them for years. I just, it's almost like I feel like, I don't know, I feel like, oh, I, I haven't, um, I want to run another, another roll of slide film through the Class S to see what it looks like. Or I don't know, I feel like I almost has to be all encompassing. Um, and I'm, I, I'm sometimes I think I I overthink it and, and uh, probably should, you know, I'm not just doing a one role review. I probably should do a, a meet somewhere, meet somewhere in the middle and not be quite so uh, over the top in uh, my testing. Interesting enough, I've got some cameras that I used professionally and for a long time. Like, for instance, the Nikon F5. Oh, yeah. I've never written about that, but I put thousands of rolls through it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I, need, I need to sort of get to that one. Luckily, with that one, it's not so much that I just, didn't want to it's that i wanted to do the f first the f2 f3 yeah. f4 i was gonna I'm say is it because you were now. sick of using it all that time or yeah it, i don't use it as much because it's a big bulky camera yeah uh but um uh, some of the work i produced on it was some of my proudest work so i yeah. do want to get it out there yeah. um the other one is the mamiya uh, rb67 oh yeah yeah i've had that since 2000 and one maybe yeah something around that period uh and i've used that a lot but i've never sat down and write, write about it because once i started collecting and writing about it i started using everything else and i haven't yeah. used it enough so i've started pulling it it's got film in it now it's um it's actually right behind me right yep there um and i i will you know, I'm taking it out and taking pictures of it um, again. It mm. gets used more of as a landscape camera than anything else these days. But um, I used to do some studio work with it. And it, it's a beast of camera. But I just never sat down and thought, yeah. okay, how do I start writing about this? Because I know too much about it rather yeah, than yeah. anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a system, uh, you know, you've got beautiful, lots of beautiful cameras there behind you. And, um, you know, recently I did a video on my channel about how I picked up my, on my Lomo LCAs. Open at the back, there's a roll of film in there. I'd forgotten uh, because obviously there's no window in the back of the Lomo LCA, so you can't see if there's a roll in there. And I did a, a review, uh, did a little uh, review of that roll uh, with all these light leaks, and there's some lovely family photos in there I've forgotten about. But do you have any kind of system of where you put film in a camera? Is there any way on, in, in your beautiful cameras there that you know you can pick one up and go, right, I've got film in this? Yeah, it's a, it's a two prong process for me. I do keep a spreadsheet oh, wow. um, and of not not just what I'm shooting, but the cameras themselves. So yep. it's got lookup tables where you actually allocate, you know, your film with the, you wow. know, the right camera and so on. So I always know what's got uh, film in it. But yep. I, I also um, use this, which ah. is a notepad. Old fashioned. Yep. Yeah. And basically um, I just, yeah, I will list 
what what I'm it's a bit hard to tell, but I will yeah. list each shoot. So I know exactly you know, which frame was shot on what day, yeah. what film, which camera, and uh and and it helps me sort of keep on on track a little bit. Yeah. I also have a list of all the film that I've got on my fridge in that spreadsheet too. So as I use it, it's sort of like yeah. what's running out and yeah. you know, there's no nasty surprises. So. That's right. I do that. I, I have sort of, you know, when film comes back in stock somewhere, one of the places in Australia, like, you know, Ultramax is back in stock and I have a bit of a panic attack. Do I need some? Do I need some? And then I, I, do, I check my little spreadsheet and go, no, not, not really. I don't yeah. really need any. I, f- I forgot that I had, you know, eight rolls, six rolls of it or eight rolls of it or whatever. But it is good to have that. Um, and, I, you know, if I ever get low, you know, I have my color film, you know, 100, 200, 400, 800, 1600. And if I ever get low on one of them, uh, obviously 1600 can't buy anymore. But, you know, I'm like, oh, no, I've only got three rolls left of 800. I better try and source some Lomo or some Portra or something. But I do like to have a good sort of selection of, of that. Um, what kind of, you know, um, I mean, in terms of your fridge and freezer, I mean, how, how set are you for, you know, if a film Armageddon? If, if it would I'm not too bad. I've got a 500 plus litre film out the back, yeah. which which used to be our family fridge. But yeah. Uh, uh, and I, I it moved back into what we call a shed, but it's an extension of our granny flat, actually. Yeah. And it uh, it sits there, and all it contains is film and beer. <laughs> so <laughs> good things to have in there. <laughs> yes. And yeah. I'm not much of a drinker, so it's mostly film. film. Yeah. So, uh, and I've got tubs of stuff, and I've got like a whole drawer of colour, a whole drawer of black and white, a whole yeah. drawer of slide, uh, and then the unique films sort of get scattered into the door and so on. And then yeah. there's the freezer part, which is the more the older film, like your your very chrome pan, which I, you know, I, whenever I see someone selling it, saying it's been, you know, it's been cold stored, yeah, yeah. I'll take that, thank you. And, uh, you know, nice. it dates back any, anywhere back up into the 50s and 60s. Mm. So, wow. uh, so that's, that's kind of, I'm pretty much set okay. Uh, occasionally I'll look at that and go, oh, a bit low on HP five here. Yeah, I might, I might want to get a bit more black and white film, but yeah, uh, but generally, uh, it's not like I would sit there going, "Oh no, I don't have any film to yeah. shoot today. I better pick up a digital camera." If I if I felt like shooting film. Now it was just over one year ago when I was actually down in Sydney and and we met a group of us photographers met. Uh, it was lovely to meet you and the other guys, and that was on a, uh, a Saturday morning. And then it was it was a bit of a washout, unfortunately. We we got no photography done, but the next day was beautiful. We headed out to I think it was at Watson's Bay. We were headed out to, and I shot a roll of um, Adox Color Mission out there, which I did a video on on my channel. Um, now Adox Color Mission's a film I, I really love. Um, now, have no, first, this is a two-prong question. Number one, have you shot much Adox Color Mission? I think, did I sell any to you? I did. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, you may have. I can't remember where I sourced it from. Sorry. No, that's but right. I, I think I sold I some to, I know I sold some to Alan, and his didn't turn out very well. And I've always, I don't Mine know why. Mine turned out quite well. Oh, good. Excellent. Uh, they, they, they had an interesting rendering to them, um, yeah. which, yeah, takes a little bit of getting liking to it, but uh, I, I, I liked it. I, yeah, I liked it. It wasn't, you know, I can't say it was my favorite film. Yeah, but yeah. It, it was. It was nice. It, it did what it was supposed to do, and, yeah. and it looked quite good. Yeah, Alan had a lot of trouble with it, and you know, yeah, we'll, just, we'll we'll just 
blame his photography skills on that or something. I was feeling like I didn't think I sent him a dud batch. I mean, that was all part of the same batch. I didn't put it in the oven before I sent it to him. Um, but uh, the, the other question- We're going to get flamed on this, by the way. Probably, probably. Yeah. Uh, the other part of that is uh, ADOX have just announced. And actually, when I first did, my, my very first, I think my first two videos on this channel were ADOX Color Mission. And um, uh, one of the guys from ADOX actually commented and said, oh, we, we're about to do a low, super low ISO film. And never heard anything about it until this week when um, I, I was watching Molly Eclectochrome's video and she uh, broke the news that ADOX have uh, said in their German language site, they're bringing out an ISO 3 color film. I um, saw that. Yeah, no, he's a super low ISO film. Have you had much um, experience shooting that? Is it something you'd be interested in or not so much? It is. I, I bought some from the Film Photography Project. Oh, and yeah. I was selling all those. I've got some ISO 3s and 6s. Yeah. Um, I, I also bought a uh, – it looks like one of those tubs of uh, uh, a film that you get that you put into a bulk loader. It's oh, yeah. actually a whole bunch of little 35 millimeter canisters all in, in, in hmm. circular, um, in the circular thing. It's a an old Agfa Precisa. Oh, yeah, CT. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, which, which also comes in a fairly slow ISO as well yeah. version. So I managed to get some, some of that. Um, so I've shot some of that and cross process it, which is quite nice, yeah, but even slower. Um, there's a slide film, um, ectochrome, uh, which was designed for copy use. Only. Duplication. Yeah. Yeah. Duplication. Yeah. E-dupe. Yep. And my lab basically said to me, oh, look, we've got all these boxes of this bulk load stuff. Yeah. It's ISO three, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to try it out here? I'll bulk load you one and I'll try it out. And it turned out pretty good. I mean, it. You can tell it's a tungsten, tungsten yeah, film, yeah. but it's yeah, it, it was quite fun to shoot at ISO three. Yeah. Um, now, what I want to try is cross processing it and see what that happens now. But I've got a whole bulk load of that, so so yes, I've I've been trying the the, the slow film. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and don't be afraid to just shoot it with um you know, um handheld. Uh, yeah. Mike Ekman uh, sent me some Panatomic X, which oh, I yeah. put into my uh, Vitessa L and shot that handheld. Mm. And that turned out really nicely as well. Nice. And yeah, it's ISO 20 or something like that. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I shot, I think probably the slowest film I've shot recently was a roll of black and white FK. I think it was ISO 50. I've actually just sent it to. Um, uh, Alex Lux, oh, I can never pronounce his. I, I say Alex Lux. I don't look. Yeah, I don't have pronounced his last name. So sorry, Alex. But I actually sent it to Alex in Canada, and Alex is is processing it for me because it's a, a very old, I think, very high silver concentrate um, film. Uh, yeah, Alex is is going to process it for me. But I think that's probably the lowest ISO film I've shot in a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested in this new well, Alex one. Yeah. yeah, let me let me um spool some Egypt for you as well and send it over. Ah, it's very generous. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I've got a lot of it. So yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I'd be, I've got my um one last question for you. I've I'm thinking about cameras that I'd shoot a very low ISO film in. So my my class S goes down to a very low ISO 
uh, which is unusual for point and shoot, but it does. But another candidate is my uh, Nikon FM3A, which is a, a camera I don't use very much because the 50 mil, um, all the ball bearings around the lens or whatever, the, the oh, aperture wow. thing, they all just like went ping one day. And so I can't really use the lens. So the only lens I've got for it is the, I think it's the 105 2.4, I think for the Nikon. And so that's obviously- 2.5. That's it. That's it. Yep. Mm. And so it's not obviously a necessarily a walk around kind of street photography lens that one. So I've been, I have been looking at other lenses. Have you ever used um, the 45 mil AIS pancake lens in the Nikon range? I, I have used it. I don't have it, but I have used it. Uh, it is a fantastic lens. Oh, is it? Excellent. And it's nice and compact. Yeah. And it, it, it's a classic lens. It's a classic Nikon lens. Um, yeah. People, People love it. They swear by it. They, they. Some people believe it's the best lens ever produced. Wow. I'm not. I'm not sure about that. But trying to, it, trying to get me, <laughs> trying to make me pull the trigger there. <laughs> it's oh, there. look. I mean, it's it's a good pairing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But any of the fifties would do too. I mean, it's it's the FM three A. It's it's yeah. It's a beast of a camera. Now that will let you go down to ISO six. I think it was. I will. Okay. Three. Yep. Yeah. Yes, in which case you just use the compensation to oh, yes. bring it yeah. down to three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with the FM3A, yeah, I, I think that I heard it might have been Bellamy, um, Japan Camera Hunter one saying, I think he said that the 45 mil lens was brought out at the same time as the FM3A to sort of pair with it, I believe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh yeah. I, I I couldn't swear by it, but yeah. I, I'd say that sounds about right because that would have been a perfect pairing for people to go wild. On. Yeah, yeah, that's what I need to do because I want to start using that camera again. And uh, with the the one hundred and five lens, it doesn't really uh, really lend itself to to chucking in a bag at the moment. Um, so that's wonderful. Thank you so much, uh, Theo, for being on Matt Loves Cameras podcast and YouTube. Uh, you were the the guinea pig for for the Desert Island Cameras segment. Uh, it was so wonderful to uh, to have you on, and I really appreciate uh, giving up an hour of, of your evening. Um, how can people find you? Uh, on I'm, I'm sure that many other listeners and viewers already know who you are, but enlighten those who, uh, who are not familiar with you. Okay. If you're the authorities and looking for me, I live in Perth. <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if you're anybody else, um, uh, photothinking.com yep. um, as one word. It is... Uh, uh, it is where I write about my cameras and I, uh, and I review and I put all my photos on there and, uh, and I'm probably going to introduce a new segment soon, which is, you know, cameras I've reviewed before and some new work that's yeah. come out of it because I want to start reusing some of these, these classic cameras as well. I, I don't want to be like using them once and they go on the shelf. I yeah. like to rotate through them. Uh, the other place is have a listen to the Camerosity podcast. Uh, we're on every two weeks, uh, except for our usual annual break. And uh, and uh, the next episode, uh, depending on this comes out, is going to be the European episode, Ooh. which will be in about a week and a half's time. Excellent. And there's also Camerosity Facebook group. Is that right? There is the Camerosity Facebook group. We've got yep. the Camerosity podcast Instagram group. Yep. Um, We've also got a Discord server, oh, cool. the Camerosity Discord server. That's actually doing really, really well. I, I, I must admit, I've been neglecting it because I'm, I'm, gone into a bit of a social media overload, so I'm just pulled back a bit for a while. But yeah. uh, uh, Mike and the other guys are on there all the time, and we've even got a section to ask the hosts. The oh, amazing! So you can ask us any questions there too. 
Very good, very good uh, direct inter integra interaction yep. there with the host. So, but just don't bother sending us an email because that's that's that died very quickly. Get lost. Okay. It's, all, it's all spam now. <laughs> oh no, that's no good. Well, thanks so much, Theo. Really appreciate your time, and uh, thanks so much. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it a lot. Thanks very much, Matt. Have you signed up for my dad's photography newsletter? Check it out at mattlovescameras.substack.com. It features camera reviews, film reviews, and lots of travel photography. You can read it for free, but if you upgrade, you can instantly access six film photography zines in PDF format. How wonderful. Check it out now at mattlovescameras.substack.com. There you go, there's my wonderful daughter. And this time next week, she'll be waking up in Sydney. My wife and my daughter are heading down to Sydney to see Tay-Tay. I think I've mentioned that before, haven't I? They're going down to see Tay-Tay in Sydney uh, next weekend. So, yeah, unfortunately, Taylor Swift is not playing Brisbane this time. There was a few, I think, I don't know, there's some stadium conflicts or something. Um, but, yeah, they she's only playing Sydney and Melbourne, which is a huge pain in the bum because uh, a lot of people from Queensland... Uh, had to go down to Sydney or Melbourne to see her. I'm actually going on a trip soon too. I think I have mentioned this, but I'm going on a cheap package deal. Usually not the kind of Matt Loves Cameras uh, trip, but yeah, I'm going on a tripper deal, a trip to China with my dad and my uncle and my nephew in March. So yeah, I'm just at the point now where I'm thinking about cameras and films and there's going to be quite a few flights. I think there's seven flights involved, which is crazy because again, we've got to go to Sydney to get this cheap deal, which is a bit silly. Um, but I think there's seven flights all up. So do I really want to ask for hand checks for film at seven different times? Well, I'll have to because I, w I am taking some kind of film. I just don't know how many rolls, how many cameras yet. Probably keep it at two. Probably my Minolta TC1 and maybe maybe a cool sort of lamography. Maybe my super sampler or something like that. Oh, I've got to take my Mew2 because I'm shooting that for the... Uh, the frugal film project I just realized. So I've got to take my, my Mewtwo, I've got to take my Minolta TC1, and yeah, I might take the Super Sampler with me just for a, for a bit of fun. So there you go. So hopefully I will be doing a film episode. If my film isn't fried, I can do a film podcast about visiting Beijing and Shanghai when I get back. That's it for this episode. Take care. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. ruin that but it actually sounded pretty good why thank you